You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. This is a bit complicated, as if what I've already told you hasn't been, and I apologize for that. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. More accurately, this is a replay of All the Kings Men Live from Thursday, May 28th. What's All the Kings Men Live, you say? Well, I am so glad you asked. Every Thursday at noon, Carlin Bathe and I will be doing a live episode of All the Kings Men that will be simulcast across the Kings official Twitch channel, YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter feed. While you can watch on any of those platforms, if you want to interact with us, the most reliable way to do it is by joining the chat room at the King's Twitch channel. That's lakings.com slash twitch or twitch.tv slash lakingsnhl. We'll keep bringing you the audio from these live episodes, but if you want to experience the full episode, including all of the video elements, but you miss a broadcast, they will be archived and available on all the platforms previously mentioned. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men Live. Joining me, Carlin Baith. How are you doing today, Carlin? I'm doing well, Jesse. How are you? I'm great, thanks, because Manscaped is a presenting sponsor of All the Kings Men Live. Support for All the Kings Men Live comes from Manscaped, as I said, an official partner of the LA Kings. Thanks to this revolutionary company, manscaping accidents are a thing of the past. Just get yourself the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Inside, you'll find products like their Lawnmower 3.0, which has advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't cut you. Everything you need to keep trimmed and smelling nice is in the Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off, plus free shipping with the code KINGSMEN at manscaped.com. Go to manscaped.com and use the code KINGSMEN. Now, for those of you who have joined us in previous weeks, you will notice the producer Bailey is not here today, but instead... Carlin Bays, who will be joining us moving forward. Carlin, thrilled to have you. Hey, thanks for having me, Jesse. Shout out to Always. Bailey. That's we love right. that lion. We he's, do. He's got a busy week ahead of him. So <laughs> <laughs> lots of NHL 20 on the old Xbox there. So thank you for having me, Jesse. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to be joining you. It's. I think it's going to be great and uh, excited to have you on. But you have a little bit more Twitch experience than I do. You have your own channel as well. I do. I do. For anybody that's into Twitch or into video gaming, I play Animal Crossing and my username is just my first name. It's Carlin, C-A-R-R-L-Y-N. And I, I just love the live experience. I love that we can have chat open and we can, you know, talk to fans while they're just hanging out. And it's it's similar but different. This is no Animal Crossing and Animal Crossing is no King's Men Luck podcast, but it's still <laughs> Twitch and it's still fun. And just the live element of it all is, is what's most exciting to me. Well, look, we're going to be without Kings hockey for a while, so we've all got to uh, find new ways to uh, to engage with the fans. So do go ahead and subscribe to Carlin's channel. Subscribe to this channel, which is the Thanks, Kings Jesse. channel. And, of course, don't forget about Bailey. He will continue to be doing movie nights and oh, yeah. simulated games and playing uh, the mascots and the mascot challenge, etc. So we're, again, just trying to find new platforms to bring Kings fans Kings content. With that having been said, huge news this week, Carlin. It's not just limited to the Kings. It's the entire NHL. Commissioner Bettman went ahead on, uh, I think it was Tuesday, all the days sort of blend into one another. They do, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but uh, went ahead and introduced the NHL return to play plan. Um, 
started out, there's a lot of information to go through. We're going to try and parse it out bit by bit. So let's go ahead and start with the overall view of the NHL's return to play plan from Commissioner Gary Bett. When the given go ahead from the medical experts and the relevant government authorities is given, 24 of our 31 teams will resume play. The top 12 in each conference as ranked by percentage points from our standings as they stood through the games of March 11th when we paused our season as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. The remaining seven teams will enter the draft lottery, which I will discuss in detail later. For purposes of nomenclature, record keeping and NHL awards, the 2019-20 regular season has been deemed to be completed. We will resume play and conduct the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs in two hub cities that will be identified and announced at a later date. One will be the site for the resuming Eastern Conference clubs. The other will play host to the resuming Western Conference clubs. So I took some notes there, Carlin. So right off the bat, we're just going to look at the overall plan without getting too deep into the weeds on anything. We'll get to those in a second. 24 teams make the playoffs, whether or not you want to consider that first round of playoffs or not. Seven teams will enter into the uh, draft lottery. Uh, the season is officially over. No more regular season games. Um, 12 teams will play in one hub from the Western Conference. 12 teams will play in another hub in the Eastern Conference. Early June, presumably, is when uh, small groups of players may be allowed to re-enter training facilities and start working with a plan. The goal of July, training camps opening. This is, I mean, it's great. We have a plan, but it's a little bit later in the year than I had initially uh, anticipated. Any thoughts on the overall plan so far, Carlin? I, I heard Gary Bettman do another interview with um a Canadian outlet and hearing him talk about the timeline of things, he seemed completely unfazed and kind of he he's just committed to the idea that this is going to go a lot later than we all expected and kind of hinted at, you know, if the regular season starts in November, if it starts in December, if it hey, he even said this, if it started around winter classic time. <coughs> oh my God, excuse me. <laughs> I just ate right before this. Excuse me, this is live. That's <laughs> right, live TV, nothing like started, it. <clears throat> if it started around the winter classic time, he would be okay with that as well. And they would automatically kind of adjust the season after that based on that. So he has no qualms with the timeline. And I'm kind of just going with his flow here. And I have no qualms with this as well. I'm just excited to see hockey in any way, in mm -hmm. any shape and form. And if that pushes the regular season back by however many months, I'm fine with that. And as you know, as long as everyone's health and safety is pending as well. Yeah, and you can see the cities. Uh, <laughs> you can see the cities there on screen. Um, <laughs> candidates to be uh, hub cities now. Yeah, some of those teams, some of those cities rather, are in Canada, and I know at least that uh, British Columbia has said that they will not alter their uh, health concerns. You know, just for professional sports. So I think it's unlikely. This is all speculation, obviously. I think it's yep. unlikely that Edmonton or Vancouver or uh, Toronto would wind up being the host for the city of Canada has a completely different, you know, set of uh, rules and regulations. So, of course. Yeah. But uh, that is uh, the overview and the potential hub cities. Uh, let's go ahead and, and get a little bit more into detail with commission. The top four teams in each conference 
will claim automatic berths in the first round of the playoffs. They will play intra-conference round robins, each playing the other three teams to determine their respective seeds in the first round. These games will be played with regular season overtime and shootout rules with ties in the final standings broken by regular season points percentage. The remaining eight teams in each conference will play in best of five qualifying round series to determine which four in each conference advance to the first round of the playoffs. The matchups for these series again are based on points percentage at the time of the pause. These games will be played with playoff overtime rules. So I've got some notes here just off camera, so I apologize if I'm not always staring straight into the uh, into the camera. But so the okay, top I'm choking up Cheerios, Jesse. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the top four teams will get a buy into the second round, mm -hmm. uh, but they will play a round robin to determine the final seeding. Those games will be played with three on three uh, overtime and a shootout if it comes to that. So they're not playoff games, but they're not regular season games. So um, weird. It is <laughs> very weird. They'll play a best of five playoffs for the play-in round. Um, those games will be playoff OT rules. So five on five, you know, not a five-minute limit, but just keep going. Until going. the end of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the hang-up there for me is that these, these round-robin games are not playoff games and they're not regular season games. They said they haven't yet decided whether or not any statistics accrued during those games, goals, assists, etc., they haven't yet decided where those stats get compiled. If they count towards a player's regular season total or playoff total, I don't. I honestly don't know how I feel like they should be counted. I feel like they should have an asterisk next to them until the end of time, and <laughs> I, I just don't think it's fair to count them toward a regular season because not every team is able to be able to play in those, right. you know, qualifying rounds. And then, are they quite? playoff points? I don't think so. If you were to go one way or the other and you had to, had to, had to choose, I'd consider them playoff points just because this is what it's called. It's called the playoffs, you know, whether it's a qualifying round robin or not. If they're going to have to pick and pull the trigger on something, I say consider them playoff points, but still it's weird and I wonder what they're going to go with, Jesse. Yeah, I'm not sure. So that is the first stage of the postseason. Uh, let's go back to Commissioner Bettman for the second stage of the once the round robins and qualifying rounds are completed, we will conduct conference-based playoffs in each hub city. The winners of the qualifying round robins will advance to the first round with each opposing one of the round robin teams. Since we have endeavored to be sensitive to players' preferences, the matchups for the first round series remain to be set as the return to play committee is still discussing whether to determine them through seating or via a bracket. In addition, the return to play committee is still discussing the lengths of the first and second round series and whether the second round matchups will be determined through seating or via bracket. In any scenario, the conference finals and Stanley Cup final will be best of seven. All right, so the the uh, the detail on this one that I kept getting hung up on, and I confess I had to listen to this thing three or four times before I got all the details, but whether or not we're going to go with a bracket or reseed after each round, and I wish they had just said reseed after each round rather than saying bracket or seeding, because to me, 
I kept thinking, well, you need to see the brackets, so isn't it brackets? Like, but but I finally got what they meant. Do you care bracket or reseeding after the first round, Carla? Wouldn't reseeding make more sense? And also, when he kept referring to the later rounds, he would use the term right. seed or reseed. So I feel yeah. like maybe he's leaning toward that. But uh, with everything still up in the air, I mean, your guess is as good as mine, Jesse. But I would lean toward a reseeding. I mean, this is one of those things where I could do an entire episode just on what I think about whether or not the regular season is even an accurate method to seed a playoff tournament in the first place, even in the best of times between the trade deadline and injuries and weaker divisions. I it, I just don't think it really matters. <laughs> um, there's going to be a couple teams like Boston and Tampa that are going to, you know, prove themselves the cream of the crop. And then everyone else is going to kind of come in and a jumbled clump of teams that on any given night, Philadelphia could look like a champion or Pittsburgh could. And so you're going to tell me that two or three points makes all the difference in the world. I don't know, but given that they have these, you know, Playing turn uh, not tournaments, but playing you know playing series. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, what it comes down to is, I just want to watch hockey. You know, the yep. details will be what the details are, and and I'm not terribly uh, tied to anything. What I do like though is that they said the conference finals and the NHL final will be best of seven, even if the rest are best of five. Which so, I have a bone to pick with that because I I think everything should be a best of seven, even the qualifying round, because for these players to go back to a mini training camp, to return to their facilities, to commit this amount of time and energy and to show up for even just those, you know, first round robin games, why not make them a best of seven? Why? And, and especially too, with Gary Bettman saying, you know, he's okay with this timeline. He's okay with, you know, whenever the regular season starts, it starts. So what's the rush to finish the finals and get all the way to the Stanley cup. You know what I mean? Like if we're all yearning yeah. for hockey and there's time and the Olympics aren't happening and there's endless TV time. I mean, what's the point of, of shortening it all, especially for those people who are, you know, coming back and if it's a best of five and you know, what if their, their series is extremely shortened? Yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. So I was going to go the other way and say, maybe even do best of three uh, or even best of one. For the, for the for the qualifying round. Why show up? What's the point? <laughs> I mean, I just feel like it makes it so much more playoffy, for lack of true. a better no, term, to just go best of seven. Commit to it. What are you doing? <laughs> the uh, the matchups in the East are going to be Pittsburgh versus Montreal, Carolina versus uh, the Rangers, the Islanders versus Florida, Toronto versus Columbus, and uh, out west, Edmonton versus Chicago, Nashville versus Arizona, Vancouver versus Minnesota, and Calgary versus Winnipeg. So. All of this is uh, determined, you know, is going to be determined by regional governments and and health officials deciding when all of this can happen. But that is the format for the playoffs. Now, before and after the first, I don't know, the qualifying round, I guess, we have uh, we have the draft lottery. Let's go back to Commissioner Bettman for the information about the draft. This is a bit complicated, as if what I've already told you hasn't been. And I apologize for that. Uh, just kidding. We're not going to make you listen to Commissioner Bettman explain that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> that one I had to watch like five times before I got it. That one was was very interesting. And, and seeing other people's tweets, other, you know, established writers, broadcasters and, and hockey personnel also kind of left confused. And after a few, uh, 
I wouldn't call them arguments, but uh, some standoffs with the fiance. Yeah. The one thing we fight about is hockey, whether it's hockey sure. rules, team standings, whatever. We couldn't even decide on it. And we had to watch it again and kind of get like a good barometer of like, okay, this is what he meant. I yeah. think. So this <laughs> is so this no. is what he meant. You can see there there's 15, <laughs> 15 teams yep. will, will enter into the NHL draft lottery on June 26th. Seven of the teams there, you can see the bottom seven teams are known. The other eight teams are unknown, but team A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H will be placeholders. Any of those 15 teams can win the first overall, second overall, or third overall draft picks in the NHL lottery, meaning that the Kings can pick no lower than seventh, assuming that three teams from below them win those three picks. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Kings could also win the first pick, the second pick, or the third pick. So once the uh, qualifying round is done, if any of those eight teams team A, team B, team C, et cetera, win the first, second, or third pick, then and only then will the second round of the draft lottery occur, at which point the eight teams that lose their qualifying round series will have a draft lottery just among those eight teams yeah. to determine which ones slot into the, the open slots if they won the first, even as I'm you saying it, and I think that. I'm saying well, it clearly. No, no, no. <laughs> that, that, honestly, you nailed it there. And and I think it's worth noting, too, with those first three spots, if all three of those spots go to any of those bottom seven teams, then there will be no need for a phase two. So right. some of this more confusing stuff won't even exist if if those, you know, first three spots, like I said, go to any fingers, of those seven teams. Fingers so. crossed. Fingers crossed, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how infinitesimally small the chance that, that all three first picks go to team A, team B, and team C, but if that happens, man, that'll be a real backfire, uh, and I think it seems to me that the NHL is is publicly saying, and a lot of people are publicly saying, that the reason they're doing it this way is really just sort of as a gift, in quotation marks, to those seven bottom teams and saying, listen, we don't know when the next time your team is playing. Everybody else at least gets five games of qualifying round or of playoffs. But you guys, it could be December before your team plays again. So here's right. a bone. Here's the NHL draft lottery so you can have something to talk about. As a Kings fan, let's say nothing changes and we wind up with the fourth overall pick. Mm -hmm. Well, the conversation on June 27th is pretty much the same as the conversation is today. It won't be Alexis Lafreniere. It'll be one of a, a clump of other prospects. So thanks, NHL, for, th for throwing us a potential bone to hold us over. <coughs> it's my turn to choke now. Um, did you have Cheerios before this? No, <laughs> I did actually. Honey Nut Cheerios. Hey, I did um, too. <laughs> but uh, but look, maybe the Kings win the first overall pick uh, in the draft lottery on June 26th. But uh, hey, Jesse, I, I know that I know your thoughts on the draft lottery in general are so <laughs> uh, they're they're unique, and I I feel like you and could do unpopular. An, <laughs> I feel like you could do. I didn't say that. I feel like you could do an entire. <laughs> entire podcast just about your thoughts and feelings on the draft lottery and then uh combine it with what's going on now and that'll be something that a lot of people i think would want to listen to well here's a teaser for those of you who are subscribed to all the kingsmen uh, podcast which you should be lakings.com slash podcast um i'm reading a 22 page legal document about <laughs> antitrust laws of course and, you are <laughs> and sports in north america just so i can complain about the draft but 
For more detail and more opinions on all of that, we are now going to go ahead and bring in LA Kings insider John Rosen. Hey! Jay, How you doing, John? Apart from a little bit of uh, unkempt hair, doing fine. Just like uh, all the rest of us making do, spending some good family time. And uh, as uh, it was shared by uh, with a wonderful friend and scholar, the Royal Half, is it at least <laughs> mid-January? I think I yeah. butchered that line, too. Uh, you, got, you got the gist of it. But yeah, that is uh, our friend, the Royal Half. So... John, a lot of information to unpack, a lot of uh, a lot of ifs, a lot of buts, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. Any immediate takeaways from everything that Commissioner Bettman said on Tuesday? I hope this doesn't come off as like milk toast, but there are just so many different interests and so many different variables that are constantly moving right now that I'm just amazed that they were able to at least get the structure there in place. Keep in mind, this isn't a confirmation that there's going to be a, a resumption to play. But this is going to be the 90, 95% etched in stone uh, format for what's going to happen. So uh, given all the uncertainty, given all the, the turmoil, even as we all know personally that we all go through and the, the challenges, um, it's pretty impressive uh, given all the disparate views across hockey uh, that the Players Association, that the league, that the owners were able to come together, uh, map this out. And while it is not perfect, uh, it has the potential to bring a lot of hockey back to us late this summer. So that's... Uh, something that we're all excited for. John, One are the, you, oh, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, John, are you, are you on board with this plan or is there anything you would have tweaked a little bit differently? Oh, you know, I, I, I am interested just to see how it's hammered out with some of the clauses. I know that we're going to get into it uh, in just a little bit. Um, will some of the bonus clauses and clauses tied to trades uh, end up being prorated, uh, which at this point, I don't believe that there has been anything finalized right there yet. So um, that's interesting. Uh, again, I think you just have to make it, uh, I don't want to say common denominator, but just as, as easy as possible for everybody. Um, and that being said, uh, you know, I think that they're going to do a good job. I, I want to say I agree with both of you, too, that that second round should be reseeded. And reading uh, what I was seeing today on 31 Thoughts by Elliot Friedman as well, uh, it does look like it will be uh, reseeded. Uh, but, you know, once you get past that uh, play in round, as we've been calling it. So uh, interesting. Uh, but, you know, again, I, I don't mean to sound jaded, you know, without paying for the tickets. You know, I'm just happy that it's going on. I don't, I don't care too strongly in either direction uh, the format of the logistics. They did a great job hammering something out in a, a difficult time frame. Let's focus in on the Kings, John. We don't know what the draft pick will be. We don't know when play will resume. But we do know that the regular season is over. And so when the playoffs are over and when they sort out free agency, et cetera, what are the Kings looking at in the offseason in regards to free agents and contracts expiring? Uh, boosting up their defense, that's something that they're going to be looking at. One of the big questions I have uh, is how does the financial reform or the different variables right now impact uh, the speed at which they want to be able to process this refresh, this rebuild? Does that change the kind of speed with which you're moving the gears a little bit? So those are questions that I'm also very interested uh, in, in asking and, and answering as well. But uh, as for the Kings, they're going to be looking on the back end. They want to bulk up their defense. Uh, they see something, uh, uh, I don't want to say maybe a hole, but they see uh, the left side of the defense, a number three or number four type of a defenseman, uh, as something that they have a need for and they want to continue to build. 
Um, you saw at the end of the year, you heard from Todd McClellan, you heard from Trent Yanni. They were looking to find more minutes for players for Matt Roy specifically. So I don't think they're looking right there on that right side uh, to be able to uh, put in a second pairing defenseman there. Um, but there have been some names that, throw, that are thrown out. Uh, they want to be able to get a player that does have firm, uh, at least another year remaining on a contract. Uh, and also keep in mind, once um, you know, once you get to the portion of the offseason too, in which they can uh, sign, continue to sign players that they have uh, from NCAA program, they're also looking to plug a little bit of a hole uh, within their system. Want to also be able to uh, find some punch and some uh, uh, physical presence on the back end. Matt Green type of a player. Um, you know, I don't know if that's going to be the, the prime source and the prime focus in free agency, but something that's just in their chain. Uh, and the totem pole going up uh, the L.A. Kings chain that they're looking to address as well, potentially from the NCAA free agent ranks. So things to look at, um, but uh, good clarity shown earlier uh, last week uh, when we spoke with uh, Alex Faust, spoke with Todd McClellan, spoke with uh, Luke Robitaille, Kelly Cheeseman. Good sense of where this team is headed. I know that I personally have been holding back a lot of content, waiting for the plan to come out, waiting for specific dates to be set. Um, for those who follow LA Kings Insider online, I'm assuming that you've been doing the same. Moving forward, what can we look forward to from LA Kings Insider? Uh, evaluations, player evaluations are starting up again next week as well. Look forward to chatting with you guys too on this show uh, and hearing from Kings fans about their evaluations of, uh, of certain players. Uh, I am excited to be able to get back to doing this. We stopped them last year just because that would have been a drag doing last year's player evaluations. Many of them would have been the same, um, but I'm excited uh, to come back this summer and uh, again, uh, share what the team thinks, what you hear from the players, from their coaches, uh, the teammates are all saying about these players. So that's going to be a, a lot of fun as well coming up. You're so passionate, JR. <laughs> Don't fire right. up about it. That's right. Well, we look forward to having you back on, John. We want to thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Jesse. Thanks, Carlin. Have fun, guys. Looking Thank forward you. to those evaluations. Thank you. All right. Well, it's time for the social media roundup. Carlin, this is where we would ordinarily bring you in just for a short moment, but now we can do it as equals, as co-hosts. Yay! <laughs> well, welcome to the social media roundup, then. <laughs> All right. Welcome, Let, everybody. <laughs> let's kick things off with number one on the list. It was Mr. I follow senior showing off his skills there with his rollerblades on. I have so many questions. Um, I want to know where that rink is and where they yeah. found rollerblades and if they've like always had them because rollerblades are sold out everywhere. It's kind of like <laughs> mind boggling. People are looking for things to do at home. Rollerblading, I think, being one of them. So not only did this clip leave me extremely jealous. Look at his skill right there, Jesse. He's got some silky mitts. What do you think about I follow senior? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, Alex's sister plays in the um, blanket, the NWHL, I believe it is. Um, we've had Mr. Ayafalo on. The guy loves both his kids. He loves hockey. And what we know about Alex driving across country, sleeping in his car, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that they built that rink in their backyard, although it looks awfully nice to be homemade. But Honestly, I wouldn't. that wouldn't surprise me at all. If that was in, <laughs> if that was in Eden, New York, and definitely, like, you know, in that tree-lined area, that, yeah, that exactly. could be someone's backyard for sure. Um, number two on the list, we've got quarantine hairstyles and the Kings tweeted out which quarantine hairstyle are you? They had Andre Kopitar, Kevin Westgarth, Dustin Brown, and Jarrett Stoll. And by uh, majority of votes, Andre Kopitar won mm. the Twitter vote for most people identifying with his hairstyle. Jesse, if you had to pick one. <laughs> yeah, 
I feel like this is an attack, honestly. Who do you identify with, though? <laughs> I mean, I guess I've got to go with Brown just because he's got the least amount of hair. Um, I don't know. It, in my dreams, I still see myself as I was in high school with a, a you know, a ponytail and ringlets and long flowing hair. But that was that was a long time ago. We need so. that photo. We need yeah. that photo on this show. Oh my gosh, I. I I think I'm more of a Kopitar right now with my roots growing out. And uh, I want to I want to ask Andre about that hair. I never have. And I feel like I just I need some answers on that, too. Just like I need some answers on that roller rink. <laughs> um, for the third one here, we've got Blake Lizotte posting mm-hmm. this, you know, picture an MSG longingly looking out at the ice. And it's just sad. He's missing hockey. And it like hit the feels and a lot of Kings fans who are also missing hockey. I don't know this picture. They say pictures are a thousand speaks a thousand words. What's the quote? You're a quote master. What's the quote? A yeah. Picture's, picture's worth, worth a thousand, thousand words. words. You got it. <laughs> thousand words, whatever. Picture's worth a thousand words. Jesse, I mean, what words do you have for that photo? It's well, just... one of those words for me is canopsia. And uh, oh, it's, yeah, exactly. It's not a well-known <laughs> word. No, nope. one of my, it's one of my favorite words. I'm not entirely sure that it's not made up, but it's out there. You can Google it. And, okay. uh, it is the, uh, I'm not even sure how to describe it. It's the awareness of a public space that is usually full of people that is now conspicuously empty. And so wow. one of the things that I love about Staples Center is it more before than after, but is that, and I've mentioned this before on different um, episodes, but is that feeling you get in a building before the crowd is let in, before yeah. the game starts, everybody's you know there's ushers in the stands dave joseph is down at the booth doing sound check you know we're all sort of scurrying about getting ready and you can just the building just has this energy that's crackling Mm -hmm. through it because you know that it's about to be full of people and that's what that picture you know reminds me of and and that's one of the things that i miss the most is is just that it's missing missing the crowd if that makes any sense right I, i miss that calm I miss that that moment where you can look out. There's a few times a year where I really enjoy it. Halloween is another one where when Halloween's done and all the trick-or-treaters are done, I like to just sit on the front porch and just yeah. enjoy the air and say, like, okay, there was a ton of people out. Now it's done. And just sort of sit in the moment. And that's I love doing that before a game. And so this picture of Blake Lazat, like you said, it gets you in the feels. It's a yeah. it's a bummer. It's a bummer, but hopefully we'll have hockey back soon. I know. And and just to elaborate on what you were saying, I forget, what was the word that you said? What Canopsia. was it? Canopsia. MSG has uh, a really strong form of that. So mm-hmm. I, he he wasn't the only one that day that kind of took it all in. It was a uh, that was my first time to that building, which I believe was also his first time as well. And it just it hasn't it has that energy. It really does. Mm-hmm. So does Staples Center, but MSG it was just like a lot of things have happened here. Right. A lot of very historic things and something's going to be happening tonight. So man, that photo just punched <laughs> me in the gut. All right. Next on the list, Arthur Kaliev. He was named the first team all-star right wing for the OHL's first team all-star first, yeah. first all-star team first for the all-star. OHL. Yeah. For the OHL. My gosh. Yeah. First all-star team, first team all-star. You say it, Jesse. Arthur Kaliev. Yeah, Arthur Kaliev was named to the OHL first team all-star. Oh, now you got me doing it. Anyway, congratulations, <laughs> Arthur Kaliev. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Congratulations to him. Oh, my goodness. And then the last one, um, it's some some footage from the archives from when you were a toddler and uh, <laughs> just waiting for hockey to come uh, back. Now it's somebody's baby. I don't know whose baby this is, but they're waiting for hockey. And it's the cutest thing in the world. 
I mean, we talk about Blake Lazat posting a sad photo on MSG and it being empty and we're all longing for that feeling. There's this child mm-hmm. who's probably sharing the same emotions. I mean, Jesse, if that's not you on a couch when you were three, I mean, who's we baby didn't have, we, were, <laughs> we didn't have a color TV. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, that. look, he's got the gloves on, he's got the helmet on, he's got the stick. And like you said, same energy as the Blake Lazat picture. I think he might actually be a little bit taller than Blake Lazat, but... Same sort of looking forward to that that hockey coming back. Hopefully it's soon. <laughs> I hope so too. That's that all was, we got for the yeah. media roundup. This was a sad one. I want next week's to be super happy. Well, I super mean, this happy. whole week this whole week was sort of dominated by the return to play plan and, and rightfully so. Lots of things to talk about. But we're gonna dip back into this week in King's history right now because on May twenty second, two thousand and twelve, the LA Kings beat the Arizona, no, the Phoenix Coyotes. I don't have to correct myself this time. It was 2012. They were the Phoenix Coyotes, and everybody remembers it because, obviously, uh, Dustin Brown with the hit on Roosevelt late in the game. The Coyotes Mm -hmm. thought a penalty should be called. You know, they're milling around. They still complain about it, but, of course, no penalty called. The game goes to overtime, and in overtime, as we all know, uh, you know, Jeff Carter takes that shot. Mike Richards whiffs on the rebound, but Dustin Penner pops it in, sending the Kings to the Stanley Cup final for the second time in team history. Now, one of the odd things about this game for me, Carlin, is that I don't remember where I was when this game happened. There are tons of games from that playoff run that I remember where I was. I was at a number of them. Yeah. But this one, I have no zero recollection where I was. We both have zero recollection (laughs) of where we were. So I think what we need to do is ask other people who remember that time. Hey, do you know where I was when this happened? Because I know there were a lot of watch parties going on, so... Something like a Hooters comes to mind when I think of me being on the ice crew during that time. And uh, I don't know. Like, I can't. I honestly can't remember. You need to ask a friend. Can you call your dad? Is that something you can ask him? Like, I feel like he would know where you were. He he might. I mean, he and I were at game three. Mm -hmm. Then I was at a friend's wedding uh, for game four up in Northern California. I watched game four in the hotel bar by myself. Oh. Uh, Well, everybody, it was like. Everybody at the wedding was going to go hiking, and I said, no, I'm going to go watch this hockey game. I think it was a noon game. And everyone, oh, said, yeah. I, everyone said they would join me, and then, of course, there I was alone with the bartender <laughs> on a beautiful day uh, in Yosemite watching uh, the Kings lose game four. Way but then, cooler. like I said, total blank on game five. But it totally uh, escapes the yeah. memory. But, I mean, I'll remember – I mean, I, I, I've seen that goal so many times. It feels like I was in the building. Obviously, I yeah. wasn't. It was in Phoenix. But um, – but yeah, that's this week in King's history. Before we wrap this up, though, Carlin, I want to once again thank you for joining me and say, everybody, keep tuning in. Carlin will be back week after week with me. Thanks, Thanks to everybody at the me. Kings for making this happen. Check out Carlin's Twitch page. Check out all the Kings men, Fox and Faust, and the Rainy Day podcasts, all three podcasts available at lakings.com slash podcast. And look, hockey's one step closer to being back. It is. It's. I know there was a little bit of a sting when they said regular season's over, folks. Yeah. But watching the playoffs, especially hockey playoffs, there is nothing like it. The road to the Stanley Cup is so unique, so so exciting. There is absolutely nothing like it in the world. So try and enjoy that, Kings fans, if you can. For me, please, just do that. It's going to be great. And obviously, we have the draft lottery to look forward to on June 26th. So across all channels from the Kings, you will have player evaluations from John Rosen. You'll have scouting reports on potential uh, players to be picked in the draft. All sorts of things. Keep tuned in. 
Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Carlin. Thanks, Jesse. We'll be back next week. Bye, guys.